0: Park Hopping Podcast, number 91, Universal Studios VIP Experience. There's lots of important things to say. This is not art. Coming up next in our show, this is not media. media first, the news. This is not news. Now, welcome back to the show. This is another crappy podcast production. Celebrating over 12 years of posting Disney stuff on the Internet, This is another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan from DisneyFans.com, and this is the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 91, the podcast that proves anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Park Hopping Podcast, and for all you first timers I usually seem to ignore, welcome to the Park Hopping Podcast. Kick off your shoes and stay a while. It gets kind of lonely here in Iowa, and I really do enjoy the company. Previously on the Park Hopping Podcast, I gave you a play-by-play overview of Disneyland's Holiday Time at Disneyland tour. And today on the Park Hopping Podcast, well, we're going to park hop, but don't bother getting out your Disney annual pass. That park hopper won't help you where we're going. But first, remember to drop by anothercrappypodcast.com and click where it says, Please Mark Your Spot on My World Map. It's at 496 people who've clicked there so far, which means my desperate plea to get just 17 more of you to sign up failed. So a big thank you to those of you who actually did take a moment to add yourself to that map. And next, Yesterland.com added a pretty neat article this week about the old Superstar Limo attraction at Disney's California Adventure. Werner already had a real good one about what went on inside this Dark Ride show building, and now he adds a new page detailing some of the details on the outside of the show building. There were endless little details I'd never noticed, or if I had, I never knew the significance of, so drop by and say hi at yesterland.com. And now, today, we will be deciding to not surround ourselves with the magic. Uh, Apologies to Paul over at windowtothemagic.com. By this I mean we're putting our mouse ears away and leaving Disneyland property where we will then be heading approximately 33.6 miles northeast up Interstate 5 to pass through Los Angeles and Hollywood on our way to Universal Studios Hollywood. That's the original one in California that's a real movie studio and not the one in Florida that is a movie-themed theme park. Now, when I make a trip to Disneyland in California, I almost never have enough time to see everything I want to see as many times as I want to see them before the vacation is over. In fact, I've only visited Universal Studios twice previously. The first time was in March of 1999, and then again in November of 2000. Well, there's actually a third time when I was at Universal, but that wasn't to see the theme parks. So remind me to tell you the story about how I got to visit the offices of DreamWorks one time, and specifically remind me to tell you about Steven Spielberg's golf cart and getting to see a former Disney executive's office. (laughs) But I digress. For this 10-day trip to Southern California, there was finally going to be enough time to visit Universal Studios and Knott's Berry Farms, in addition to the two Disney theme parks. I still can't imagine having enough time to also check out SeaWorld, Legoland, and Adventure City on one trip, But, but maybe someday. Once you decide to leave Disney property, the vacation gets much more expensive. And it's not that non-Disney theme parks cost more. Usually they're about the same or a bit less. It's just that your Disney annual pass becomes a worthless piece of plastic or plasticky paper in the case of Florida's passes. And and you have to buy separate admission to wherever you're going. So I started out researching ticket prices at Universal Studios and figured out that with discounts, a single day pass was It was over $60, around $50 with the discounts, and there were various discounts available on multi-day and annual passes, but I was only planning on spending one day, so I would just have to make the most of it. I then learned about a special front-of-line pass for $99 that would allow fast-pass-like access to most of the shows and attractions out there. For a one-day visit, this might actually be a really good idea if the park was going to be busy. And there was also an all-you-can-eat food offer, so I figured I'd get one of those too and grab a few meals in the park. So soon I found myself adding up all these costs, as well as parking, and realizing I was potentially going to spend way more for one day at Universal Studios than I originally planned. And once you start thinking like that, hey, the sky's the limit. So I decided to check on tours. I read on the website, that's UniversalStudiosHollywood.com, and and I found out about a $200 VIP experience tour. It included a continental breakfast, private lunch, personal tour of the actual backstage production areas, as well as front-of-line tours to many of the theme park attractions and the vip pass also added uh, front of line access to anything else you saw at the park after the tour was over oh and it included up close valet parking and a rather significant discount on merchandise now normally i would have balked at the idea of spending 200 dollars on a tour but after adding up the front of line pass mills parking and some other stuff it really seemed like not such a bad idea So today on the Park Hopping Podcast, I want to share with you a Disney fans day at Universal Studios Hollywood on the VIP Experience Tour. Now, here are the highlights of what the tour offers, direct from their official description on the website. It's the VIP Experience. Follow in the footsteps of celebrities, dignitaries, and royalty to discover the Universal Studios Hollywood the public doesn't get to see. Go behind the scenes and visit closed sets. Listen to stories only Hollywood insiders hear about the making of some of the most famous films and TV shows. Since Universal Studios Hollywood is a real working movie studio, our production locations and sets change every day, which means you never know what or who you might see. It's six hours of total movie making immersion. Explore available sound stages where some of your favorite TV shows and movies have been filmed. Tour the amazingly expansive backlot and visit actual sets like Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Gain entry to production locations and studio facilities not open to the general public. Roam the enormous incredible prop warehouse. Just imagine the photo opportunities. Witness the world's first sound effects stage and more movie making history. Extra VIP privileges Entry to the VIP Lounge. This is your time to feel like a star. Start your day off with a continental breakfast in the luxurious VIP Lounge. Escorted priority boarding to all shows and attractions. Just like a true celebrity, your guide will escort you to the front-of-line access areas. VIP reserve seating at all shows. Do what Hollywood's elite do and reserve your seats so you can see and be seen. Gourmet Lunch. With your senses on overload, you're bound to work up an appetite, sit down for a gourmet lunch prepared in our very own studio kitchen. Valet parking, drive up and hand over your keys just like the Hollywood heavyweights do. Sounds pretty cool, huh? Is it worth $200? Well, let's get started with a whirlwind recap of my day being treated like a VIP, and let's find out. Oh, and I do apologize for all the background noise. I'm in the process of selling off 14 hard drives and a bunch of hard drive cases, so I've got a lot of stuff turned on, doing copies, getting things ready to sell. So let's start our day off. Um, It takes probably about an hour to get from Disneyland to Universal Studios if the traffic is not bad. And we were told to arrive about 30 minutes before opening at 10 o'clock. So about 9.30 in the morning, uh, we drove up, found our way around, and found the first valet parking spot, and they said, no, no, this is too far away. You go to the one way up there. And we parked at the valet parking lot that is literally just outside where the parking structure ramps and stuff dead in where people are led right up there from where they park far away. It's right outside the main entrance uh, near the Frankenstein parking area. So we got to actually drop off our keys and then walk right down a little sidewalk around the corner, and there was the Universal Studios Hollywood sign. Now, we were supposed to show up 30 minutes before opening at the entrance near the Annual Pass Processing Center. No one was here. The CityWalk area with all the restaurants and shops was right next to the entrance, and there was a handful of people walking around setting up the places and the shops for the day, but no one was in the ticket booths yet. The whole place was deserted. So we walk over to the place where we're supposed to meet, and the door was locked. No one was there yet. It's off to the right, and uh, we kind of just hung around and took pictures. They actually bring out red carpets in the morning, the main entrance into Universal Studios and into the door where the VIP Experience enters. It says VIP Experience on the door and above it. They had a nice red carpet laid out for us. So we waited around for a while, and then somebody was there to greet us. We stepped into the lobby. There were movie posters all over the place. Very nice, very fancy little waiting area there. And we were led to a back room with nice leather couches and a flat screen TV. And the Continental Breakfast for the morning had several types of pastries, little cups with fruit. There was coffee and orange juice and bottled water. And we basically just got to hang out and wait for other members in our tour. We were greeted by a guy, I believe his name was Tony, very nice, very energetic, and no one else was showing up. So for the longest time we sat around, then a guy from Texas showed up, so there there were going to be just about three of us on this tour, and eventually a few more showed up. We got to meet, I think her name was Donna, she was going to be our guide for the day, and finally we had enough of a group to go. There were probably 10 of us in this group. So we had about the first half hour to an hour to hang out, eat breakfast, and be told a little bit about what the tour was going to be. Now, in this area, I'm not really sure what they use it for, but they had a lot of glass display set up with props from movies like Gladiator and concept art from Curious George, props from Bruce Almighty and Evan Almighty and Wanted and The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. A lot of little props were on display in the hallway, so we just kind of got to look at movie posters, props, and eat and uh, stow stuff away. We were all given bottled water and told we could take some with us so we could have it later on and wouldn't have to, you know, stop. And uh, they actually gave us yellow rain ponchos and said, these will be for later when we do Jurassic Park. Now, I remember riding Jurassic Park the year it first opened, and it was the wettest water ride ever. So they were actually giving their VIPs rain ponchos ahead of time. While we were waiting, they told us some history about the various movie posters and the first one to win this and the first one to have this kind of thing in there. And then we were ready to head out. So we grabbed our stuff and they walked us straight into the park. And we were led straight down the entrance. The park was open at this point. It was a general opening. So we were walking down the lane with all the regular patrons coming into the park that day. Our tour guide was walking around with a studio tour production jacket of some kind on so we could hopefully see her. She didn't carry a little flag or anything like that, like the tour groups I always see roaming around Disney or, you know, light up candle like the holiday tour. And we walked all the way through the the theme park, not sure where we were going yet, but we walked kind of uh, down toward the end where we had decisions. And she would stop and talk about what we were going to do first and where we were going to go and kind of asked us if we wanted to do the theme park first and then if we wanted to do the uh, studio tour later or whatever and kind of gave us a chance to to vote on it. So we we really wanted to see the movie stuff because we figured we'd have all day to see the theme park. So we walked all basically to the very far back of the studio, past Shrek and through the western section and through a um, kind of a Flintstones area. And it wasn't really clear where we were going because normally you'd think that the tours would start somewhere outside the theme park, but it turns out what she was doing is taking us to the far back where the studio tram tour is. And immediately I was thinking, oh great, we're going to actually just get to ride the regular tram tour. So we um, walked there, she led us down the side, and this is up on the hill where you can kind of look down and see the studio lot below, and they've got a, a large backdrop with the fake Hollywood sign. It was so foggy that day, We never got to see the real Hollywood sign, but we could have our pictures taken near the backdrop and at least pretend we did. So we got up to the very top waiting area, and normally we'd be going down the escalators and all that to get on the the tram tour. So she takes us down, and we see the tram tour, and she walks us to the back, and then we kind of go up the exit and bypass everybody in line. So I was thinking, at least we're going to get to bypass the long lines for the tram tour. Nothing really had a wait this early in the morning. I mean, uh, the studio tour had a 20-minute wait, according to the signs. So what happens is she takes us off to the side, and instead of us getting on the big, large public trams, we had this little trolley-looking vehicle waiting for us, and it said on it, VIP Experience. It could seat maybe 20 people, a couple of horizontal rows in the back, and two outside-facing seats near the front. So we had Donna, our tour guide, and we had a, a... tram driver, I can't remember his name, and we basically loaded up on that, and we were given our version of the tour, and she had a microphone, we had little monitors in there like they do on the big tram so she could play clips for us, and we drove down past the theme park all the way down to the lower lot level, which normally you get to by taking a huge set of escalators all the way down. So we kind of drove down to the bottom where we were going to be beginning our tour, And as we went down this back road, there were all these signs showing landmarks in universal history, 1939, movies, 1940, 1941. It had all these years and significant things that the studio released, and it was on the left and the right. They're just whizzing by, and she would try to point out some of them to us, but there was just too much to take in. We were actually going somewhere, so a lot of times she would be throwing off little comments and trivia as we passed things, so... You know, I kind of wish I would have recorded it or had video running or something like that. Now, she did tell us there would be a lot of places on the tour we would not be allowed to take pictures or run any type of video at all. Uh, We passed the Universal Studios fire station, and she told us a little bit about how they have their very own fire station for the uh, the studio lot. We were up behind the Jurassic Park building, and uh, this was all the backstage area that normally you can't walk to it. Some of the tours go there. We got to go past the backsides of the, the water tanks, and, and she would just kind of point off, like, over here is you know stage 25, and they're currently doing whatever in there, and this is where Alfred Hitchcock did his movie, and she'd just throw out these little things. And, and our first stop was actually going to be, I think it was supposed to be the sound editing, and we stopped near the Alfred Hitchcock Theater Building, and she pointed out some of the names that all the different buildings have and who they were in tribute to, and we were going to be walked over to a place to see where they do some audio recording. And if I recall correctly, we couldn't because it was actually in use. They were actually doing a looping session for, you know, one of the crime drama shows. And people were in there, so we didn't get to see that. So we kind of got to walk around behind the the, the scenes of these set buildings. There were a lot of the trailers where the stars, you know, go in. You know, I'll be in my trailer. We saw that and the catering tents and all the stuff being set up for the daily shoot. And eventually we made our way to um, the first real stop. We, we we got to explore there a little bit, then we got back on the, the trolley to, to ride a little bit further. And she stopped us at a soundstage. And inside the soundstage we walk in, and there's this massive set. We're seeing it from the outside. And she pointed out these kind of uh, boxes that were built out of the stage. They look like giant closets from behind or something like that. And when we go inside, she she shows us this huge mural, uh, and it was basically the view outside of a building of you know Los Angeles or whatever. And she explained how they would straighten this out, and you'd see it out the windows, and it was a fake backdrop which would look like the building was you know on the fifth floor or whatever, looking in downtown um, Los Angeles. And they had two versions. They had one for daytime, one for nighttime, and she showed how they could light it different ways. Now, none of this was on. This was a set that was completely unoccupied. We were being escorted by security. They were around. Anytime we were someplace we weren't normally supposed to be, they would be standing by watching the tour groups and making sure nobody touched anything or did anything. So we walk into this huge building, and we're still on the outside, and we we turn to the right, and suddenly we're seeing the backs of what looks like an office building window. And we step up the uh, ramp, we go inside and turn in and suddenly we're in the foyer of the Los Angeles Police Department and those huge boxes we saw from behind were the ends of the fake elevators that are there on the wall and there were several sets of elevators with buttons and lights looked just like being in an office building and she explained that you know these are the fake elevators the doors are opened manually people step in some of them have little access doors so when the the fake doors close the people inside can get off so if it has to open again as if the people got off on another floor they can do that there was a full ceiling this set was built with a complete roof inside so when the camera was filming into it like on a lot of sitcoms you never see the roof of the dining room or the kitchen well this was a full set turns out this was the set for some TV show called Life which I had never heard of since I got to tour this I now have it on my TV and I'm I'm actually enjoying it Life is a really good kind of a quirky crime drama with a lot of uh, elements of humor to it so we walked into this fake office, and there were water fountains, and there were phones on the wall, and there were no smoking signs, and American flags, and one thing she pointed out, all the windows could open and swivel. They were all glass. And she said what they do is they wanted everything to be glass, but normally there's a whole bunch of glare when you have windows everywhere and all the studio lights are on. So the glass is all set to pivot, so they can go around and pivot all of the windows to get the glare and the reflection off when they're filming inside the building. So we got to see that up close, and inside was the office. There were plasma screens hanging from the roof, desks everywhere with computers and phones and keyboards and and staplers and two-way radios, letters and mail, all kinds of stuff was there. There were memory drive readers Every little detail you would expect to see on somebody's desk, right down to coffee cups and, and uh, you know, trash in the trash cans, was all in this set. It was so amazingly detailed, and she pointed out, like, on the printer there would be signs like, you know, such-and-such load paper and little memos about things. She said in the olden days, these would be in-jokes. They would put little things on the sets, and that was just the set designer's joke. But once high-def television came out, you could actually start reading some of these things, so now every little scrap of paper that might possibly be caught on camera has to be real. So I was just blown away by the detail in this entire set. She talked about how the monitors could be brought up and how the computer screens could all be brought up, and even pointed out that every single piece of furniture... All these desks were on little wills, so they could move them out of the way when they moved the camera in to do close-ups. So we saw the two desks that are used by the stars of the show. And sure enough, in one episode of Life, uh, the main guy is out on the floor putting photos all over the floor, and they show the bottom of these desks, and you can clearly see the wills and everything, which normally you don't get to see. They try not to show that because office desks do not have the wills. But for that one scene, they just did it and hoped nobody would notice. Speaking of noticing, there was a break room that had vending machines in it. And the break, uh, the, the vending machine in the break room was fully loaded, but every package, every little product was turned backwards. And she said it's because you don't want to be having a show that's sponsored by Fritos, and behind them are competing chip company products, so that avoids product placement. And sure enough, when you watch the show, you can see that all the packages are turned backwards. So this was an amazing Thing to see the detail in this up close. It just looked like an office building with all the power turned out and a bunch of weird lights hanging around. But if somebody just dropped you off in the middle of this and you couldn't see out the windows, you would swear you were actually in a building. Uh, she also pointed out they had various wanted posters in some um, on some cork boards along the hall, and the pictures were actually members of you know the 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 people that actually worked at the studio. They had used their pictures on there. So there were some in-jokes, but all the writing was legit. You could actually read these posters and see what these people were wanted for, and, and it was like a full, uh, you know, crime rap sheet. So if you get a chance to see the TV show Life, um, it's it's very neat. I've got, oh, tons of pictures on DisneyFans.com of this set. So you can you can look at it, and then when you watch the TV show, you can go back and say, let me find the desk that had the red cup with the pencils in it. And that's all there. So we we spent, I'm not sure how long we spent there, but probably half an hour or so just exploring the set. Then we walked back outside, got up on our little trolley, and away we went to our next stop. Okay, look, I'm cutting in on my own show here because I recorded about an hour describing this tour and that's way too long for me to sit through, so I don't want to put you through it. So I'm going to call that part 1 and I'm going to end this show now by saying, the next time you're there, be sure to take an extra picture, shoot some extra video because you really never know when something you like, love or hate is going to go away and never be around again. Don't worry, there'll be a part 2 and Maybe a part three. And on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time. Be sure to visit DisneyFans.com, where you can browse around 60,000 digital pictures I've taken at Disneyland, Disney World, and other theme parks across the country, as well as dozens of downloadable video files from the Disney parks and tons from this Universal Studios tour. And if you want to drop me a note, my email address is podcast at DisneyFans.com. This has been the Park Hopping Podcast, show number 91, Universal Studios VIP Experience, part one. Thanks for listening. Another crappy podcast production. Be sure to visit anothercrappypodcast.com to learn more about this and other equally exciting mm, podcasts. You're planning a trip to walt disney world and plan to stay off site and you've ever wondered what the deal is with all those cheap ticket timeshare promotions visit disneyfans.com secret you can get a special deal at a luxury resort all by enjoying a great breakfast while taking a tour and listening to a sales pitch that's disneyfans.com secret